Hello, everyone. Welcome to the brand new season of For the Love of Books podcast featuring Indian and small press authors with host author Emma Palova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavant and the Lowell Ledger, our hometown newspaper in Lowell, Michigan. Today, I will be chatting with Jacob Bullen about his book, Assassinating the God Slayer. Jacob will announce the details of his book giveaway at the end of the interview. J.A. Bullen is a polygamous author who is currently penning several novels in different genres while working to finish his established series. Bullen and his family remain loyal residents of Mason, Michigan. He often leaves secret references to his wife and daughter in his work. Hello, Jacob. How are you on this lovely midsummer day? Doing wonderful. Thank you, Emma. How are you? Good. Very good. I love summer. Okay, what kind of references do you leave for your wife and daughter? I find that really charming. <laughs> in uh, your books. Sometimes, sometimes it's just inside jokes. Sometimes it's um, repeats of conversations that we've had that have been twisted and tweaked to fit into the book. Uh-huh. Just fun little things like that, that that only they pick up on. That is very cool. Uh, can you give us a brief summary of assassinating the God Slayer? Yes. So the the blurb on the back actually reads, after her plan to assassinate Harker the Dragon Slayer fails, Audra must grow close to him, intimate even, to find his truest weakness. Can she ignore her growing feelings for the man whose saddened gaze mirrors her own? Will she succumb to the embers of passion or will they both burn in the flames of vengeance? Cool. Very cool. What inspired this book, Assassinating the God Slayer? Well, um, as you might already know, I'm I'm a fantasy author. I am not a romance novelist. So not a romance novelist. I am not, but my wife is. So oh. my wife is a romance novelist. And she thought it would be really special if I were able to come up with a romance story that she would find compelling. It's like, well, that's fine. But I'm going to do sure. it from the viewpoint of a fantasy author. Okay. Uh, so I got to work on it. And I actually released it on our anniversary, our wedding anniversary, as a gift to her. Uh, but that's where it started was kind of this little, almost like a bet that we had that she wanted to see if I could write this thing that she would have written. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll do it from my viewpoint, though. How cool. That is very cool. So that answered my next question. What is the genre? It is a romance from the point of view of a fantasy author? That is correct. Yep. So okay. That's what I have it listed as. Excellent. What sets you apart from other authors in your genre? So that would be fantasy, right? So that's pretty clear yes. that you're a fantasy writer. What sets you apart? What do you feel sets you apart? If I had to pick one thing, I would have to say it's that I don't read fantasy novels. Okay. I actually, I love mysteries. I love mystery thrillers. So most of my books are written with that mystery incorporated underneath it. Okay. I like that. Um, Tell us a little bit about the protagonist, Audra. What is she uh, like? Audra, well, Audra's a young woman. She's grew up in the country uh, with her family. They raise goats, sheep, that sort of thing. And then everything in their valley is wonderful it's beautiful it's lush and then one day the dragon comes to the village and destroys everything and when the rubble settles and the smoke clears all she sees is the man who brought the dragon to her village 
So ever since that day, Audra's been on this quest for revenge. Um, she is a very morally driven character. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that she's necessarily a hero character. She's more of an anti-hero where she's not afraid to deliver capital punishment herself if she feels it's needed, I guess. How long did it take you to write this novel? <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually wrote the novel in 53 days. Really? Uh, how yes. many? How long is it? How many pages? Let me check for you real quick. It is... 300, 382 pages. And you wrote that in 53 days. It was all in your head, I assume. No. Yep, it, was, it was all in my head. I knew exactly what I was doing with it. Um, one of my favorite content creators, Kentaro uh, Mura, passed away while I was writing this book. Mm -hmm. Which So I wanted to write something in here to dedicate to him, which just further inspired me and fueled me. So that's... I worked several, probably eight to 12 hour days writing this book, but yes, I had 53 days. That's pretty amazing. Thank you. And that's, that's start to first draft. That's not. Right. I didn't right. write and publish within 53 days. Right, right. <laughs> what was the biggest challenge in writing Assassinating the God Slayer, if any, <laughs> since you've written it in 53 days? <laughs> well, I had to do a lot of prep work for it because again, yeah. I'm. I'm not a romance author. I'm not, I don't okay. even read romance. I, <laughs> I hate. You don't even watch romance movies? Have you if seen my Titanic? Mom wants, I'll hang out with my mom and watch something. But it's, I don't like, I, I'm a, what they would call, I guess, a hopeless romantic. I, I hate shallow romances. Okay. Love All triangles, right. that sort of thing. They don't appeal to me. Okay. That makes sense. Perfect sense. What was the most gratifying part in writing this book, this romance, fantasy, fantasy? Probably just doing it when I didn't yeah. know if I could. Right. So taking on that next challenge kind of equipped me for another, well, equipped me for my next book project. The book I wrote right after this is also a romance, so. Oh, also, okay. <laughs> doing this one just kind of solidified that I could do the next one. Sure. Any surprises? While you were writing this book, anything that really surprised you, whether the characters or the plot itself, <laughs> it happens to all of us. It does. It does. Um, yes. So towards towards the end of the book, there is a major shift in dynamic where you realize what it is that Dodger's been after. You realize what it is that Harper's been after and how huh? this has created this huge misunderstanding between them. Yes, And the book essentially changes genre at that point in time. And it's no longer about this enemies to lovers love story. It's suddenly something completely different that I don't want to spoil for anybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. No spoilers. Uh, what do you feel you did right? No one could have done it like you. I don't know of anybody who has <laughs> written a romance novel from the viewpoint of a fantasy author. I don't know okay. of I don't know of people who sit down and say, hey, I'm gonna write a murder mystery, but I'm gonna do it like a steampunk. And I I don't know of that. <laughs> I'm sure it has. It may have. I don't know of it. I don't either. What would you have done differently? 
Well, I, I actually have three more books worth of content that I came up with before sitting down to write this one. And all of my beta readers, I had 12 of them. They're all romance readers and they begged me not to add any more to the book. Oh, they were afraid that adding more because it, it would have been a 600 page epic easily. Oh. Um, they were afraid that that would lose, lose the romance. Right. Right, so that, right. was, that was what I would do differently is I would do it my way and it would be a huge book. Okay, your way. All right. <laughs> what have you learned about yourself from writing this book? Um, I've learned that I'm more able to stretch into different genres that I didn't think I'd be able to tackle before. So would you recommend it to other authors who are thinking about venturing into different genres? Have Definitely. never done. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. It can be done. It just gives you an entirely different perspective on things. And it's cool. What are some of the takeaways from assassinating the God Slayer? My personal takeaways or takeaways from the book itself? Uh, from the book itself. Okay. Um, the biggest one would be that we all have our own point of view on things. And even though those different point of views tend to be polar opposites even if they are polar opposites of one another it doesn't necessarily mean that either point is wrong it doesn't necessarily mean that what audra saw didn't happen but it doesn't necessarily mean it happened the way she saw it and i think as right. humans we tend to see things from our own perspective and that's the truth to us but it's not necessarily the fundamental truth of what happened correct very true would you do it all over again? How long have you been writing? I've been writing since I was eight years of age. I've been published now for going on eight or nine, something like that. Um, yeah, no, I would, I would absolutely do it all over again. I, I can, couldn't see myself doing anything else. How many books do you have published? Um, this is Assassinating the God Slayer is number eleven. Whoa, number 11. How do you do it? A full-time job, a family, right? And 11 novels, a young man. How do sleep you do it? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll sleep later in life. Yeah, yeah. There's always time for that, right? <laughs> what is the most interesting or bizarre thing that has ever happened to you during either an in-person or a virtual author's event? It doesn't matter. Things happen. Um, <laughs> just recently at a, at a book signing I was doing, um, I had a gentleman asking me about my Norse mythology series. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as we got to talking about it, um, just just the fact the content matter it's nothing aggressive it's nothing darker it's not mature content um but the the gentleman i was speaking with told me that my work was sacrilegious and blasphemous and that was but based on what <laughs> absolutely nothing <laughs> on not based on nothing out of nowhere i loved it though that's that's i, I mean it. it's feedback right <laughs> That, I find that quite entertaining, <laughs> based on nothing. <laughs> All right, what's next for Jacob on your writing journey? I'm currently penning the third book in my Norse mythology series. Um, as far as 
releases are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, book four in my debut series, it's going to be called The Three Kings War. Uh, we're working on that in editing. Mm-hmm. And then I also have my first superhero spy thriller and then my first psychological thriller that are already set up for editing. Excellent. What is the psychological thriller about? Can you give us a preview? I love psychological thrillers. I had to ask. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I have to come up with a blurb for it here in the next couple of days because it's in beta right now. Um, it's a safe romance that takes place in the 1930s during mm-hmm. a time that was very much taboo. Right. And it's about a young woman who has amnesia okay. and she falls asleep at her typewriter one night and wakens in another world. And this world is very reminiscent of pop culture of the time. Uh, it's got a lot of references to Wizard, uh, The Wizard of Oz, Alice's okay. Adventure, uh-huh. and several other um, stories within that, that vein. And it's mm-hmm. her traveling through this dream world, the dreamscape, as, as is the title of the book. And she encounters a young woman named Alice who is trying to find a way to stop this tangible darkness of the Morgos. As they're traveling together, bits and pieces of her memory and her personality are coming back to her. All right. But the, I guess what makes it the, the psychological thriller is you don't know if what she's in experiencing is actually real or if it's. If okay. It's All right. Would you like to read to us, Jacob? Of course. Let's pull up here. Parker stood in the center of the ruins of Hadron, overlooking the valley in the forest. The fires tearing through the distant valley served as a prominent beacon for our final battle, igniting the night sky. Despite the flame's heat and the forest wildfire's far-reaching embrace, rain poured down upon the higher peaks, forcing me to brace myself against it and the heavy winds. Thunder and lightning split apart the sky, and their timing synchronized as the storm assaulted us. With the sound of my footsteps muffled by the rain and thunder, I circled around Harker, keeping to the upper levels of the decrepit buildings. My heart thundered in my chest, challenging the storm's might with every stroke. I had planned this day for years, with every waking moment. My thirst for vengeance alone had kept me alive all these years. I hated the man before me for killing everyone I loved, my father, mother, and my three brothers. My grip on my weapons tightened, the metal sleeves over my fists biting into the flesh. I could no longer feel the pain. I had come to the end of my long and bloody journey. Finally, my chance had come to pay back this man for a lifetime of misery. I've told the others not to come, Harker called out against the storm. And they have promised not to harm Daniil, he added, his hands remaining at his sides. I know why you wish me dead. You couldn't hope to understand, I screamed, knowing full well the raging storm would conceal me. Reaching behind my back, I grabbed one of my daggers and threw it toward the man. My feet had already left my position when the blade struck him in the ribs, bouncing harmlessly off his dragonhide flesh. Harker leaned to the side as the blade struck him. I might not pierce his flesh, but he still felt the trauma of the blow every bit as much as if I'd thrown a stone. I did not mean for Tarnock to attack the village, he continued, standing back upright. I did not mean for your family to die. Liar, I screamed, drawing out the sound of the accompanying thunder. Then, throwing another dagger, his head dropped forward from a blow to the back of it. I heard those men praise you for leading it to us. Those men were supposed to protect your village, Harker called back, only now drawing his sword. Your father asked me to kill the dragon and save your village. 
I failed him. I failed all of you. Dropping down behind the man, I charged, my feet leaping from stone to stone to keep my steps from betraying me. You don't get to feel sorry for yourself, I screamed as my fist flew. Surprised, Harker turned to face me as my fist collided with the side of his face. He stumbled backwards several steps, dazed as my second strike caught him in the ribs. He raised his arms to defend himself. I spun on my back leg and kicked, slicing through the rain with my greaves. As my armored shin collided with his arms, the man toppled sideways, though he remained standing. You don't get to apologize for what you've done to them, I screamed, unsure if it was the rain or my rage-filled tears running down my cheeks. My vision was a blur of red as I struck out at the man, landing one precise blow after the next. Allowing my adrenaline to fuel my strikes, my arms and legs moved faster than my perception could follow, threatening to tear me apart. Harker reached out, catching one of my hands as it soared for his temple. In response, I grabbed his wrist, leaped into the air, and spun my body. As his forearm rose to stop my kick, I swung my free hand back, striking him in the bridge of the nose. He stumbled, releasing me. You do not know what it was like to cling desperately to someone, selling yourself and giving away everything to keep them alive. You don't know the pain of watching their life bleed through your fingers despite everything. Don't you dare apologize to me after forcing that hell upon us and having the right. My feet kicked off from the ground as my furious screams rang out at him. He continued to endure my blows, though I could feel his hard muscles tenderizing. Slowly, I was breaking him. As he buckled from another punch to the lower abdomen, I sprang up and threw a haymaker toward his skull. Lifting up his arm, he caught the blow below my wrist, forcing me to retreat back a step. You're right. His voice was empty. Gone was the impenetrable barrier the man kept between himself and the world. Useless was the armor he had risked his life to obtain. The illusion of the Godslayer crumbled before me. Instead, I saw a man, one whose eyes glowed with the same pain and thirst for revenge as mine. I have no right. I cannot take back what happened. Shut up, I screamed, lunging at him once more. Turning himself, my kick caught the flat of his sword, halting my momentum. Before I could retreat, he grabbed hold of the collar of my shirt and tossed me to the side. Landing only a few paces away from him, I slid in the mud, my knees buckling as I attempted to slow myself. In my hunt for revenge, I came to your village and hired your father to show me to the dragon's lair. He knew the risk. He knew what might happen if the dragon stirred. But the village was already damned once the beast woke. For over a year, he slowly dwindled his flock, feeding Tarnak to keep him from waking. I made your flora promise, and I failed. My throat nearly cracked from the roar coming out of it. My body was near its limit. I had nothing left to throw at him. I yearned for revenge, and yet my heart wept for what I was doing. Still blinded by my rage, I charged forward. Is that good? That's good. We can continue. We have some time left due to your efficient answers. You were so efficient <laughs> <laughs> that we have some time left. <laughs> That's yeah, okay. I can stop there. If you okay. Have more questions, I'm All right. That's that's okay. How about the details of your book giveaway? All right. Let me pull up the list here. Um, I do have on here that we're giving away a free copy of Assassinating the Godslayer. I will sign it, obviously, and send it to the first person who emails. I'm sorry. I lost my spot. Who emails you at your email address? JACKCBullen at gmail.com. Okay, one more time. Mm -hmm. 
Yep, the email address is going to be www.jackcbullen at gmail.com. On the first person to email me with the subject line, sorry, I had it marked. Okay. Book podcast book giveaway. giveaway. We'll receive a free signed copy of Assassinating the Godslayer. Excellent. Parting shots from each one of us. You first, Jacob. You're my guest. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, if you're an aspiring writer, um, the best thing I can say is don't approach the blank page without a sense of caution, but don't let the daunting task of it stop you from writing. Sure. And how about some tips for switching the genres? Many authors struggle with that. They are afraid to venture into a different, what would you recommend to us? I am one of them too. <laughs> well, honestly, I, when I swap genres, I, I tend to change the music I listen to. Okay. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. willing to open my mind up to other sources of, of information. So, I mean, I might watch something that my wife would normally watch, or I might right. um, listen to other ideas. It's, uh, to me, it's really a, just an extension of being open-minded. Right. Yes. And my parting shots are write indie, buy indie, and read indie. Read your local newspapers for inspiration. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.